Hey guys, it's Ken. A little bit of programming note before we start. We are going to be re-releasing our podcast under a different RSS feed due to some issues with a previous podcast. Uh, so look for our new podcast, Max Destruction Podcast. You'll be able to find it. The current RSS feed that you guys are using will likely come up as you call those tactics. Now, we're going to be releasing episodes on both for the next couple of weeks, but we really need you to switch over as a favor to me, as a favor to Dustin, and as a favor to yourself. Thanks, guys. Welcome, everyone, to the podcast that some mothers call the greatest podcast on earth. I am Dustin, and with me is a man who I think is starting to take the podcast a little too serious. He showed up today just covered in cocoa butter, and that would be Ken. Uh, that's how I always show up, Dustin. <laughs> I I slide everywhere I go. It's like that Aziz and Zari joke when he's talking about uh, Jay-Z. Like, only that man can look cool slipping on a banana peel. That's exactly how I roll. I just slide everywhere I go. <laughs> Makes it harder to fight you, I guess. Anyways, uh, we got a very fun matchup today. I think it'll be a funny one. Um, I will be repping the winner, um, the Rocks character, Dr. Bravestone from the Jumanji series. And Ken, you got some action person that's going to lose, right? Yeah, I mean, there are, you know, some opinions may vary in that. Uh, this is actually the second iteration of this actor on our podcast, who, of course, is, I mean, he's the reason why we do the podcast, right? I am repping Jack Slater from Arnold Schwarzenegger's blockbuster. Well, maybe not as great as some of his other films, but still really good. Last Action Hero. Yeah, so it should be a good one. I'm excited. And before we get into it, we asked the audience last week. Ken came up with a great idea of who would be a good matchup for Sonny the Robot from iRobot, personal favorite movie of mine. Um, and we got some fantastic answers. Uh, one of my favorites, I'm just going to read one off the, off of here, was the Alita Battle Angel by uh, Zachary Hepburn, one of the other executive producers from Dynamic Duel. I thought that was a really good answer. Now, uh, Dustin, can you give the audience a little uh, bio of Sonny? I mean, you see, definitely seems like you know mm, okay. him a lot better than I do. Yeah, so I, I watched that movie so so much; it's ridiculous. Sonny is the this robot, and it's built in an era. I think it was like supposed to be 2014 or something, and we definitely get, didn't get that advanced. Uh, but anyway, he's this. Uh, He's a robot, and there's robots throughout the whole town. He's like the next generation, but his creator decided to try to program into him a kind of like an AI learning or a consciousness, whereas all the other robots had very strict programming, but he feared this like ghost in the machine. So Sonny can actually dream. He actually has feelings. He actually feels fear and like dreams and hope and whatnot. And he's just flipping amazing, like crazy good combat skills because he's just super strong because of his robotic components and whatnot. He's fast. He can like latch onto walls and crawl crazy. 
He's just, he's a really, really cool character. And if you haven't seen iRobot, I want to slap you. <laughs> See, iRobot is the reason why I don't allow Roombas in my house. Um, exactly. Because we all know that every machine that we put in, it's just, it's another reason for them to start like carting around mines and claymores and knives and anything to kill us. Because we all know it's coming. Uh, so why why give them the satisfaction of allowing them in our house? Uh, yeah, but yeah, that's a great thing. Is real exactly. That's a that's a great laydown of Sunny. Uh, definitely remember, like from that film, was probably like the coolest thing I'd seen when Will Smith's driving like his super high speed tunnel chase, and then there's just a metric ass ton of these robots that are like all over his car. Uh, for CGI, that you know, yeah, I think that movie came out in like 2012. The CGI was excellent. Yeah, it makes, wasn't bad makes at some, all. Uh, makes some movies. I'll I'll, I'll remain uh, nameless on this podcast. Makes them look like shit, just <laughs> complete and total shit. And I don't care if you come out and say the CGI was supposed to look bad. Looking at you, DC. Anyways. That's that's another tangent for another day. Uh, so some other answers that we got. Uh, John Strosky, who, of course, we had on our podcast last week, was chomping at the bit in order to give us this answer. And it was Inspector Gadget, which I think is an outstanding answer. Uh, other than the fact it would have to be the evil Inspector Gadget from Matthew Broderick's realm, uh, you know, with guns and rockets and giant teeth. Uh, would have to be the one. I don't think the the animated one would do very good, other than the fact that he's like Inspector Clouseau, right? He just screws up enough, and he'll get the job done. But, I mean, it's a good answer, John, I guess. <laughs> I liked it. It would make for a very funny matchup. Uh, and then, of course, we have uh, the Garcias, right? So... Marvelous Joe and Johnny DC both gave their own separate answers, which was the Westworld robot. I have yet to watch the show, but Same. I remember the Yule Brenner Westworld movie, um, which those were badass automatons that were made up to look like human characters. And it was kind of like a uh, internal amusement park thing. Uh, I, I'm got, I've heard that the show's good, but I just don't have that kind of time uh, to devote to things like that anymore. I'd much rather watch uh, Deadliest Catch from 2008. Uh, that's just, you know, how it rolls in my house. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Johnny dropped R2-D2, which I think is unfair. Uh, R2-D2 one-hit one combos and kills everything in his path. That is the r single reason why Star Wars has existed. Because without R2-D2, nothing would have happened. Everyone would have been killed. R2-D2 is the sole reason why we had Star Wars. So, shout out to R2-D2. Maybe that match is coming soon just so that I can rep the our little blue buddy. All right. Yeah. Great answers, guys. I have a really fun one that I think for at the end of the episode that I will put out. Um, but with that out of the way, you know, we're going to get down into the tail of the Cocoa. Which um, it plays on the tail of the tape from UFC fighting and whatnot, where they give you your stats. And we're going to give you down a character bio of these action 
stars that we're going to be repping. And uh, I think this week, is it you? You going first or me? Uh, it's you, Dustin. It is. Oh, okay. With so we're going we're gonna to start with the winner first. Got it. Um, anyway, so <clears throat> I have Dr. Xander Smolder, Bravestone. Actor, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. You can't get much bigger than that. Height, six foot, five inches tall, 260 pounds. He was in the Jumanji movies. I think it was Jumanji and then uh, like Welcome to the Jungle or something. And then Jumanji, the next level. And for rank, I gave him the rank of video game character because that's what he is. He's also a legendary adventurer, explorer and archaeologist. Now let's get into his bio. So the video game character of Bravestone. His parents are, yeah, they're dead. They they died when he was little, murdered by Jurgen the Brutal. So keeping that keeping that going, he is known across the world of Jumanji. <laughs> he is known across the world of Jumanji for being an explorer, famed archaeologist, and for just proving to do some absolutely courageous feats. In the movie, he is primarily controlled by a young man by the name of Spencer. In the second movie, for part of the movie, he is controlled by Spencer's grandfather, which is just absolutely freaking hilarious, by the way. The the way that the actors in this movie played their counterparts was perfection. I don't think you could get better than Jack Black trying to act like a teenage girl because it's just comedy gold. Anyway, um, getting back into it, he Spencer was so excited after that first video game playthrough um, and so jealous of, you know, being like he was strong in the video game. He was courageous. He was the hero and gets back to real life and he's a loser. So what does he decide to do? He's like, ah, what, what would be a great idea? I almost died in a video game. I'm going to fix it and do it again. Not not the smartest tool in the tool shed, but, you know, or sharpest tool in the tool shed. Wow, I'm not that smart today. I'm all over myself. Anyway, some of the cool things he's able to do, he's. <laughs> That's right, he, folks. I found the gonna, sound effects. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're going to hear a lot of them in my talk, I guess. Anyway, he's able to throw soldiers through walls. He's able to uppercut them hundreds of feet in the air. He is an absolute powerhouse to be reckoned with. He can throw people through brick walls. He can take on 50 men at a time, no problem whatsoever. Uh, one of the funny things is, though, is uh, especially the very first fight he gets into, Spencer's literally talking in the fight how we do in our simulation. He's like, parry, parry, dodge, uppercut. Like, he, he lays down exactly the moves that he is performing while doing the moves. And that's basically all there is really to know about the character I mean, he's destined to win this match, but there's just there's not a whole lot to him. He's mostly comedy. He's a teenager playing The Rock, who's a total powerhouse, gets into some crazy fights, wins them all. And they have their own stat pages. And his is uh, his strengths are fearless, strength, speed, climbing, boomerang. And my favorite, the smoldering intensity. And that's, you know, he just looks off and he smolders and he's just so attractive that you can't help but look and stare at him and get distracted. And that might come into play later. His one weakness is switchblade, but not the knife. So <laughs> he doesn't actually have a weakness because that was a person that he apparently the video game character had a thing for the dude's wife. And that was his only real weakness. And that is 
Dr. Xander Smolder Bravestone. Well, I, for one, feel like uh, this is in, is in order. That was, that was well done, Dustin. That was well done. Uh, except uh, everything that you just said is wrong. Just absolutely wrong. And I will explain to you how wrong you are. Uh, so, Dr. Bravestone, or whatever the hell we're going to call him today, uh, really is just a ripoff. Let's, let's be honest. He is a ripoff of anything and everything that my character's actor has ever done. All right. It all started with Arnold Schwarzenegger and I'll go into his character, Jack Slater now. So Jack Slater, uh, movie was last action hero. Uh, Arnie was, is a little bit shorter. He's six two. uh, for this movie. I clocked him probably about two thirty, two thirty five. Uh, he's not as big as he was in the, you know, late seventies, early eighties. Uh, but definitely still the, the most masculine of men when it came to action heroes. Uh, his bio is really, really simple. Slater is the hero of Jack Slater film series, a fearless LAPD protect, uh, detective whose commanding officer, Lieutenant Decker, frequently shouts at him in incoherent gibberish for breaking the rules. That's his bio. Because like our adversary in this fight, an old Dr. Bravestone, Jack Slater is a fictional character. Uh, and in Last, Last Action Hero, uh, a little boy is able to travel into Jack Slater's world via a magic ticket, uh, and hilarity ensues, of course. Uh, so Slater is the the uber action hero, right? So anything and everything that any action movie needed... Slater's got going for him. And I'll just go ahead and roll through some of his traits, uh, his equipment, strengths and weaknesses. So his traits, he has super detective skills. Now, what does that mean? Jack is has incredible senses and able to detect an assassin who was in his closet and shot him before the assassin had attacked a chance to strike in front of this little boy. Now, why would that be important? Because Jack knows what's going to happen every moment of his life. Why? Because it's scripted. He has supreme intelligence. He is the greatest hand-to-hand combatant, skilled marksman, and most important, he is movie logic luck. It's like plot armor, but even better. Thanks to his status as a movie character, movie logic has made him incredibly lucky. For example, if Jack shoots somebody and they land on any type of vehicle, the vehicle will probably, and I'll go ahead and strike probably, will blow up. Even if there's absolutely nothing to propagate that. When Jack blew up an ice cream truck, it conveniently shot an ice cream cone into the back of a man's skull, killing him. To cone a phrase. These are the kind of things that happen for Jack on the regular. And he doesn't seem to question it at all. His equipment. Jack keeps at least five guns on him at all times hidden in his clothes to include his 50 caliber Desert Eagle. He has a small knife hidden in the sleeves for short range combat. He has a decoy grenade that isn't a knife. And then he has one that is a knife. Dynamite sticks. He carries around sticks of dynamite for reasons. Jack also has a bulletproof vest, which protected him from a point blank shotgun blast. Although he really doesn't seem to need it because in his world, any gunshot wound that he get takes doesn't even classify as a flesh wound. Uh, he also has a black cube, which in the video game, 
that he puts on the ground and it shoots a missile, he can use it to blow up walls, aim at airborne foes, or over time it explodes itself, shaking the walls and sending pieces of itself flying. Since Jack Slayer is played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, he's pretty freaking strong. He can kick a guy in the nuts so hard that the dude goes flying. He can punch through wooden doors. He can bunch metal doors off their hinges. He can crush a walkie-talkie in his bare hands. He smashed a guy's head through a wall, and in the game, he can punch missiles hard enough to send them back. Uh, he has near-flash-type speed. He can dodge point-blank gunfire, dodge an axe being thrown at him, and he's able to react to short-range missile- missiles fired from a helicopter. Uh, he was also able to defeat the main bad guy in the film, Benedict, who in the video game could teleport. Uh, his skills. Uh, he can beat death, which is played by certain Ian McKellen in the film. Uh, he's reckless in a loose cannon, which sometimes can work work out for him, but he often dives into dangerous situations without strategy. Uh, he lets his emotions guide him over logic. If someone actually can pull him into the real world, he'll lose all of his powers. Guns don't blow up cars anymore. Punching through glass hurts you. And if you get shot just once, you seriously bleed out. But since both of these guys are fictional characters living in their own fictional war- world, I don't think that's going to be a problem. Oh, and Dustin, just so you don't feel left out, Slater's parents died. He's got a dead son. And no one's sad about it. Yeah, see, (laughs) this is what happens when you let me around a sound effects board. Thank you, Discord, for adding the sound effects. This is going to make everything so much better. That, my friend, is who you're having to fight. Arnold Schwarzenegger at his most Arnold Schwarzenegger-ness. You've taken away any and all reality from this man. And he is able to do literally anything he needs to to get the job done. So let's see if what Arnold can do against his little whippersnapper of a come-upper with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Question. Does he have multiple lives? Slater doesn't need multiple lives because nothing happens to him. Great, great. Okay. Yeah, Bravestone has three. I'm just, I'm just, okay, anyway. Um, yeah, but he got eaten by a hippo. <laughs> okay, so he has two, li- two lives for this, all right? <laughs> all right, so next after the bios, we always love to go into who would win in this match, but rather than just, you know, punch the numbers into the machine called the Monte Carlo Simulator that tells us who wins out of a thousand matches using statistics and a bell curve to determine you know what is that winning percentage that's boring okay that's like old dial-up internet for those of you who are young we didn't have internet on our phones or on our computers all the time we had to press a button and wait 10 minutes while it beeped at us and then sometimes would fail and then we have to do it again um that's that's what it would be like so rather than do that we're going to speculate how one of these matches is going to go and um, see exactly why Bravestone's going to win. So uh, without that out of the way, we like to put these guys in an environment. I know dynamic duel, you know, they, they don't like to, they, they think it's unfair, but you know, I'm going to say we're in a video game. Um, I'm going to say jungle ish with some buildings around because why not, you know, both, People have thrown heads through walls. So 
we'll we'll have a few buildings. We'll have the little bit of jungle life. Let's uh, let's kick it off. So, how do you think this one would start? Well, honestly, Slater is going to come in with his cigar in his mouth. That's it's the way it's going to be. He's going to be smoking his cigar in his daughter's monster truck as he's rolling up. Because obviously in this environment, we're talking like I am legend New York City, which shockingly, the one street we're on is uh, completely kept uh, and is doing very well for itself. Uh, There might or may not be a deli. We don't know. Uh, It's a very important thing for this podcast, uh, as we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, But I'm going to say Slater, because he is so emotional and also if we're in this fictional setting, there's absolutely nothing that's going to mess with him. So he's going to roll up in his monster truck, get out of the monster truck and look at this overgrown behemoth in khakis uh, and go, who the hell are you? And that's going to be when he's like, I'm, I'm Dr. Bravestone. And then he's just going to smolder. And that is where he gets distracted. He's like, yeah, that's right. Dr. Smolder Bravestone. Wow, that is very good. I used to teach that to all my kids. No, I can't do that for very long. It's a pretty decent impression. <laughs> but you really need the, the, the video to it, and maybe we'll get there later, but I doubt it. So Slater is going to watch this grown man like smolder at him which i mean this dude's gone up against serial murderers throwing axes at him and then like assassins on the reg so his smolder is not going to do anything so instead of doing anything else slater's just going to pull out his 50 caliber pistol and just start launching rounds at this guy okay that's where um bravestone's gonna be like oh crap and he's gonna start running and not like a graceful run because we got to remember this is a teenager in the body of bravestone so he's gonna be kind of flailing as he runs trying to hide and get undercover and that's when he's gonna pull out his boomerang and just toss it around the corner we'll go ahead and say because desert eagle is a pretty heavy gun and I don't think Slater's ever dealt with anything other than maybe axes flying at him. So he probably sees this thing coming uh, and doesn't pay it much attention. He just keeps firing rounds. And we'll say the boomerang hits hits the 50 cal, which is okay. Because at that point, Slater's going to pull out a stick of dynamite that he's got in his coat pocket. Using his cigar, he's going to light it and toss it at the burling, like weirdly running. I mean, like Ezra Miller bad type running. <laughs> that he just saw from this guy. He's going to toss this this uh, stick of dynamite right at the cover that Bravestone's laying under. Okay, and that's where he's like, oh, crap! And then he tries to hurry and crawl over. I'm going to say, obviously, he doesn't fully get away. We'll say he gets blasted into the wall. He's going to get up, brush some debris off of his shoulders, and then he's going to rush him and close the gap. You're definitely going to be coming at him. And this is exactly what Slater wants, because as soon as he gets close, he is going to just kick him in the balls with his alligator skin cowboy boots, sending this man flying up into the second story of the next building over. Okay. well, um, (laughs) well, 
So he's in the next building over. He's going to take some rubble. And obviously he's going to be holding his gonads for a second, you know, making sure count one, two, three. Yep, they're all there. And then he's going to chuck a boulder down at Slater. Did you say three? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, this is not an anatomy podcast, obviously. Uh, So we're going to go with it. You know, there some people it's, you know, it's we're all God's children. Uh, and if you have three, you have three. That's that's good. Uh, you got so to count, count the Frank with the beans. <laughs> so as this boulder is coming at Slater, he's probably just going to take it because he's expecting something like movie foam. Right. When it's actually like an actual rock, he's expecting it just to kind of bounce off of him. And he's got to do some weird stunt thing. But it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. He doesn't move quickly. All right. He, he, he there, there's films in the past where he says, you know, he he doesn't dance. He can barely move. So he's just going to try to tank this boulder and likely catch it straight in the chest. OK, and that's where Bravestone ju- jumps down and he has to audio audibly say gut punch. And sends him uh, through the next building. So Slater's going to go flying, right? He was, he was distracted by the actual rubble that hit him uh, and feel pain, like, for the first time in a while. Like, he doesn't know what's going on. Uh, obviously, the prop department just did jack this up all the way through. And then the giant of the man comes flying in and yelling gut punch, actually gut punches him, sending him flying through this wall. Slater's going to get himself up and dust himself off, kind of coughing. Uh, and he's going to look over and there's a frozen food section for some reason. And in the frozen food section, Slater's going to find happy time ice cream cones, one of his favorite weapons of choice. And as he does, he's going to rip open the package and just start hurling these ice cream cones at Bravestone. Okay, and Bravestone's going to be walking towards him, and he's going to be saying as he's walking towards him, dodge, 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 as he closes the gap to go for an uppercut. Now, he might be coming in for a gap, closing uppercut, but Slater's going to take one of those ice cream cones and just jab it right into the man's forearm while dodging out of the way and say, to go in a phrase, ah, see what I did there with the pun. Cone, ice cream cone. You you just don't get it. You're so dumb. Slater's then going to punch him in the solar plexus, punch him in the in the in the side, and then try to go in for like a nerve cluster chop uh, on Bravestone's back. Okay, so he's freaking out. He got some ice cream cone sticking out of his arm, which is just weird. Um, and as he's going for that nerve cluster strike, Bravestone's going to be. Perry, and then he's going to uppercut in the nuts. Payback. Wow. I mean, that's that's low, man. That, that's yeah. low. At least Slater said he could do it in his tale of the cocoa butter. Uh, but you're you're just going low, and I don't I don't believe a video game character would do that. No matter how he many times I play the video, <laughs> no matter how many times a video game character gets played in my house, and the terrible things that. I do with said video game character. I expected more from you, Dustin. I really did. Yeah, and but after okay. he does it, he's going to squat up and down for a few seconds. Are you, you teabagging? Is he trying to teabag Jack Slater? 
Okay. Yep. All right, dude. That's fine. At that exact moment in time, Slater is going to pull out the knife from his ja- jacket sleeve and slit the Achilles on Bravestone's right leg. Okay. That's going to hurt. That's going to really hurt. Um, so then Bravestone's going to drop and man, I don't know. Like he's going to throw an elbow right at the kneecap of Slater. So Slater might take that elbow to the kneecap, but at that moment in time, he's going to pull out another one of his guns and shoot Bravestone dead. I mean, just he's going to fall over dead. I'm going to say he dodges and does a face palm to kill Slater. He might try that, but I doubt it. I mean, he is seriously not going to get that going. Uh, And in this game, there's only one life. There's no one up. Ooh, you know what? But say that shot goes off. That's fine. Because guess who just dropped down from the sky? Bravestone. God? <laughs> Life number two. <laughs> oh, my God. So Slater looks over and says, "What? what is going on? I don't get to respond like this. This is terrible. As As Slater does, though, he watches this man fall from the sky right on a stick of dynamite. And Slater then shoots at the vehicle right next to him, causing it to explode. Ending the match. I'm going to say that he lands and is able to get a boomerang to the throat before he dies. Because why not? I'm about it, Dustin. Uh, So either this match is going to end with Slater blowing up Bravestone, not only with a stick of dynamite, but a just random car that might be sitting there. Or Bravestone hits him in the throat with a boomerang, which has got to be the most anticlimactic way for Arnold Schwarzenegger to die. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Whoever wrote this episode is terrible. They suck. They might be as bad as the writers of The Flash. That's what. That's it. I've said it. That's that's it. They're bad. That's just Team Marvel. No, not Team Marvel. I'm just really mad about The Flash. If you guys hadn't tell. All right. So with the simulation out of the way, Dustin, uh, we like to do this, the destruction spectrum. And because this is in this area from a scale of one to five, how do you think this match would go? I'm going to go. I'm probably shooting too high, but I'm going to say a four because these guys have dynamite throwing each other through walls, uppercutting through buildings, blowing up cars. I'll, I'll give it a four. Yeah, Dustin, I don't think you're shooting too high at all. I, I think it's definitely in that range as well. It's de- it's one of the highest uh, destruction uh, matches we've had. Collateral destruction in this area would be terrible, especially for our little deli guy. It'd be, it would be awful because, you know, he, he can barely keep a business going as it is in this apocalyptic wasteland that's got jungles on, on either side of him. He can't be having shit blow him up. It's just, it's just wrong. It's happening on a uh, weekly basis. Like, I don't know what to do for the guy. You know, some people would say just move, but those same people are the ones that live in trailer parks with tornadoes. You know, 
I'm staying right here. And he's going to hold himself accountable to that. I feel like that's a stab at me since I live around tornadoes. <laughs> oh, I, I don't live in Wyoming. Uh, but anyways, Dustin, I think we can pull out the results of our thousand matches. Now, we are obviously very biased towards our characters. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that the results were a little one-sided. And I'll let you decide who's going to win. Yeah, one-sided because The Rock is unbeatable and it's got to be Bravestone. So, the winner of this match between Jack Slater and Dr. Not-So-Smoldering Bravestone is Jack Slater. Seven yeah, kind of. 711 matches. Now, I think definitely what tipped this over was the explosiveness of Slater. I mean, he uses guns and explosives, and without Kevin Hart, The Rock is just useless when it comes to it. So maybe we'll revisit this match again when we do like a tag team between The Rock and Kevin Hart, and then we'll say Arnold and uh, his stunt coordinator, because that's really all he needs. Um but yeah, so 711 to 289 was was our match, uh, which, yeah, like I said, the explosiveness was the main thing. Uh, however, I will say, and the most important stat for our matches is the humor. It was a dead heat. It was a dead heat between these two characters, which I agree with, because both of them were played to the hilt as comedically as they possibly could. Uh, so well done, my friend. Well done. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Bravestone, he's hilarious. Apparently, he needs to invest in some guns and dynamite. Well, I mean, he's he's played by a teenager, so they, they don't know these things. Uh, but interestingly enough, and I'll, I'll just say this last thing, the cool thing about both of these characters is they both have a six-degree separation of Danny DeVito. Uh, because Spencer's grandpa was played by Danny DeVito, and the animated cat detective in Last Action Hero was also played by Danny DeVito, which That's I think awesome. is pretty badass. Uh, but before we get out of here, Dustin, we need to get ready to flip for our next match. Uh, our next match is going to be... We'll keep on the comedy train, I think. It's going to be Cameron Poe, Nicholas Cage's character from Con Air versus Axel Foley from Beverly Hills Cop. I've been wanting to do this match for a while. It was actually scheduled for earlier in our season. Uh, but I, it, I, this character, these characters have as much comedy as, as our previous two. I would say even more so. So, like all the rest of our matches, our picks, we do it by the flip of the coin. Fate decides. Dustin's actually been on a pretty hot streak here lately, uh, getting the winning flip and getting to choose our character. So, let's see what, what happens here. Call it in the air, Dustin. Fails. It is heads. Ooh, okay. Sorry, Dustin. Sorry. I'm going to go Axel Foley because nobody puts a banana in a tailpipe like Axel Foley does. Uh, and that means, of course, Dustin will be playing Cameron Poe. Dustin, have you ever seen Con Air or the Beverly Hills Cop movies? Yes, I have. I've okay, seen them both. Perfect. And, um, you know, this is a perfect one for me because as a 30-year-old balding you know, man, it's kind of nice that I'm playing somebody with such luscious hair. 
So I'll be oh, excited yes. to I'll be excited to to rep Cameron Poe. Uh, as well, you should. Uh, I feel like uh, Nicholas Cage and you are are bonded uh, in, in ways that probably border on the weird. But I'm probably. about it. Um, so lastly, we have our audience matchup for this next week. And remember, folks, you go onto our Instagram, you go into our podcast, wherever you find them. And remember, this podcast is now under its own Max Destruction podcast. Uh, previously, we were releasing under the You Call Those Tactics banner, uh, but now we are our own thing. Uh, so please find us on those on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. There's really no change other than it's Max Destruction versus You Call Those Tactics. Uh, so we will be releasing the audience matchup, which this week, Dustin, who is it? Okay, so I went with one of my favorite action stars ever. He is hilarious. He's awesome. He does his own stunts. I'm talking Jackie Chan, specifically Detective Lee from my favorite trilogy of movies, Rush Hour. Nice, nice. All right. So, audience, you got to come up with who would be the best matchup for Jackie Chan from Rush Hour, and you cannot use Chris Tucker. We'll nope. just go ahead and throw that out there. Cannot use Chris Tucker. So, look for that when we uh, post for this next week. Um, prepare for next week it's going to be a great barrel of laughs from 90s action uh and i definitely can't wait dustin you got anything else you want to put out uh just that redemption week next week coming up (laughs) it's always redemption week for you dustin it's always (laughs) redemption week uh but guys thank you for tuning in and catch us next week we will see you then